Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. All right, hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Didn't eat too much. All of those things that apply. Uh, I'm sure there was plenty of football, but we got more football for you. Coming up on Sunday in Indianapolis, or Indy freezing Apples, as I call it, because I've been there many times, mostly for the Combine in February. It's still going to be cold, Steve Burstink. It's going to be, I think the high is in the 30s on Sunday. They play indoors, but, you know, cold weather game. Well, in, it's not much different than here. I mean, well, I guess the high on Sunday 70, but it's going to be like 45 <laughs> in the morning. I mean, it's going to be know, cold. But don't, don't you love that, though? Actually, is that yeah, too cold? Yeah. No, the 40, in the morning, as long as it warms up to 70 in the day, it's perfect. That's the thing. Like you know, here in Florida, you can wake up; it's forty-five, and then it's eighty by you know three o'clock in the afternoon. So you got to be careful. But um, so it's a, look. This is a um, this is a good football team they're playing. One that's sort of red hot right now. Mm-hmm. I would say the fan base in Indianapolis probably no, most definitely hates Tom Brady more than any fan base in the in the country. Wouldn't you wouldn't you agree? I mean, all those championships with uh, Peyton Manning, all those Yeah, battles. I mean, I would the Colts are there. I would say the Steelers are up there. Steelers are up there, yeah. Um all the AFC East teams cuz you know, for 20 years well, they had yeah. no shot. <laughs> but um, I don't count them cuz they were irrelevant. <laughs> and maybe the Broncos. You know, Broncos weird. would be up there too. Broncos a few times, right? And uh, you know, and then Brady played Peyton um, and the Ravens with the Broncos. Ravens won a Super Bowl, right? They were in the AFC. They were pretty good for a while. But Colts may be the, I mean, they're the ones who turned them in for Deflategate, so. Well, and that's, yeah, that's a great point. I mean, they had, they had a particular axe to grind. Um, so it's, it, you know, a lot of coaches on the Bucks, of course, you know, starting with Bruce Arians, who was Peyton Manning's first quarterback coach, and that's really how he, how he became a head coach when you think about it. Um, you know, uh, his association, when he went back the second time, and then became the interim and wound up winning games with uh, Andrew Luck. And they made it to the playoffs in Luck's, I think it was his rookie year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and that led to a head coaching job with the Cardinals, and now here he is. So he's had a couple stints there. Tom Moore, the longtime offensive coordinator that's in his 80s now, 80, 82, 83, 84 years old. He's going back. And Clyde Christensen, who was on the other side of that rivalry with Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. And now coaches Tom Brady. I mean, what a blessed life he's lived. If you're a quarterback's coach and your resume includes Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, you've lived a charmed life. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Best quarterback coach in the world, right? So uh, this is an interesting game because I-, I think you start with the fact that the Bucks just haven't played well on the road. They, you know, good football teams typically are pretty even. You know, you don't see a, a huge drop-off in terms of points or penalties, turnovers, and things like that. That has not been the case with Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is two and three on the road. I want to say um, they have uh, not scored thirty points yet on the road. They have lost to uh, teams like Washington, who they were clearly uh, a better football team, but struggled their last time back. They they had lost two in a row before this win over the Giants. Of course, the Saints got them as well. So it's a little inexplicable because you know they have a veteran team and. You know, usually veteran teams know how to handle the noise, they know how to handle 
their emotions in the crowd and all of that. Obviously, Brady's been in the biggest arenas and the most hostile places uh, that you can play in 21 years. But for whatever reason, they just haven't played their best ball. And I think, you know, injuries have been a problem with the team all year. Um, this Colts team, though, it's it's kind of a throwback. I mean, they're a team that is led by a running back. And you don't typically see that, you know. Um, Carson Wentz, of course, came over. Mm-hmm. And with Frank Reich, who he had, you know, in Philadelphia as his quarterback coach. And those two guys are lockstep. But it's Jonathan Taylor's team. And Jonathan Taylor is a talent, a special guy. Of course, I watch every Wisconsin game. I would have drafted Russell Wilson. I would have drafted Jonathan Taylor. Um, there's a few special players that have come through the Badgers there uh, because my, my wife, of course, went to that school. And so we're, we're every Saturday we're, we're watching Wisconsin football for better and mostly worse. Um, but Jonathan Taylor, you know, has that combination of speed and power uh, and can catch the football. He's a really good receiver. He's got great hands. He was such a, like, they 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 ran him to death, quite frankly, at Wisconsin. I don't know how long his career is going to be in the NFL because he carried the load. He carried the whole team many, many times. And now he's kind of doing that for the Colts. You know, they've turned it over to him. And they're playing what I would say is the perfect complementary football because Wentz, you know, let's face it, he has not been the guy that, uh, you know, early in his career in Philadelphia where he threw 33 touchdowns and got hurt before the Super Bowl. And we know that, uh, you know, uh, they went on to win that with with, uh, Nick Foles. But um, the thing is, you know, Wentz will turn it over. And he's had some games earlier this year where they they were struggling where he made some horrendous decisions. And now they're kind of playing around him. He doesn't have a lot of touchdown passes. Um, They've cut down the interceptions. But I think it's a it's a style obviously that works for them and would work if they get into the postseason and you know up north. But they just took Buffalo apart, you know, and they have one unbelievable linebacker and stud, a player of the year actually. I think he will be in the AFC Defensive Player of the Year, and Darius Leonard. He is fantastic. I can't wait to see him. I mean, we see the highlights and all that, but I, you know, I don't watch a lot oh, of Colts games, so yeah. to see him on the field, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah. You know, it almost could have been a great matchup between young linebackers, and we'll see with Devin White. Yeah, I know he's got a quad injury now, but to see both of them kind of go head to head, not that they're on the field at the same time, but yeah, yeah, they're two of the best. They're both well. Devin White um, this week was leading uh, the vote getting in the NFC for inside linebacker, which is you know quite an honor. It looks like he'll make the Pro Bowl his first. And Tom Brady was leading the boat getting a quarterback, which is well-deserved as well. 44 years old, make another Pro Bowl um, is just, just incredible. On pace to throw for, I don't know, 52, 5,300 yards this year. Um, but Leonard is special. You know how they, uh, you, you know how they win if, if you look at the Colts? I think they have, and, and I don't have it in front of me, but I think they have the number one turnover ratio in the NFL. I think there's something like a plus 15. And when when you don't turn the ball over, and they did earlier in the season, but they haven't of late. And, and again, the running game contributes to that, right? Uh, but when you don't turn the ball over and you get turnovers, which is what Leonard has done. I mean, he's got like a couple interceptions, some forced fumbles. Uh, he makes huge plays, game-changing turnover plays. That's how you win, you know? You, and and that's the one thing that the Bucks have not done well is protect the football, especially on the road. Last two times out, Tom Brady has four interceptions. Now you say, well, 
you know, balls bouncing off receivers' hands. It's all part of it. I, I, you know, that's his stat. Unfortunately for him, should probably hit, create a new stat. There's a team interception, but whatever. Um, but it's they just not protected the football, and they've started slow. And the one thing I know in watching teams that win football games on the road is that you have to have fast starts, you know, especially with the crowds now. You know, last year there were no crowds in most of the stadiums, very limited uh, fan bases in some towards the end of the year. Um, but the noise wasn't a problem. Communication wasn't a problem. And, you know, and they, they I think if you remove all that, um, then it's just football. And they, they started much better in games on the road a year ago. This year it's been just the opposite. They've, they've had, you know, false starts on offense, um, you know, first play of the game. Of course, um, you know, saw O.J. Howard jump off sides and, and you know, third play. Ali Marpet gets beat and Brady gets blasted and that changes his whole demeanor. So bad things have happened early. And so that's the thing I would watch about this Colts game is, you know, you're going to have a hyped up uh, field, you know, uh, Lucas Oil Stadium there. It's going to be it's going to be electric because the Colts are playing well. Tom Brady, can you imagine, you know, when he runs out the, the amount of booze that he's going to get the old the old man, right? Uh, comes back one more time with a different team, and you get to host him. This is the bonus game, by the way. They added that 18th game. Mm-hmm. This year the AFC gets the 18th game, the extra game. Next year the NFC will get the extra game. The 17th game. Um, the 17th, I say 18th, yeah, yeah 17th. Yeah. Well, 18th that's coming, week. folks. 18th, 18th week, 18th, but yeah. yeah. 18th week game, yeah. Um, and the 17th game. So you got, you know, and it, and it happens to be on the road, obviously, so you got one more road game. And, and it's, you know, they they got a little momentum from the Giants game. I thought they played like themselves for the first time. Getting Sean Murphy bunting back healthy was big. Um, but they look like the Buccaneers did down the stretch a year ago. Now you have to build on that because if you, if you go out there on uh, Sunday and you slide back into that, turnover penalty laden Washington Saints type team that maybe you make a run at the end but you know you're really kind of chasing the game all day um that's not a good recipe and then all the doubts are back again you know this is such a week to week league right you see the upsets the last couple of weeks especially in the NFC all of them have helped the bucks um and then the bucks win on Monday night and then all the shows are you know if that defense starts getting back healthy and they start humming again, look out because Tampa Bay and Brady and and you know lose this game, they'll be talking about you as a potential you know wild card because that's what you're looking at. So um, I don't I don't have early a couple of weeks ago I'd have told you that that this was not one that you would circle and say ooh you know I would have I would have thought and I still think that the games coming up you know after this they'll have Atlanta uh, then they have games at home against the Bills, Atlanta on the road, the Bills at home, and then the Saints. Those were the two that I thought, okay, you know, that that's that those are going to be tough. Those are, you know, potential, uh, you know, the Bills were a Super Bowl pick early on. Of course, the Saints in the NFC South. But with a two-game lead in the South, um, you know, it, it, they they got a really good, good opportunity to start separating now and winning this division. And And if you can't win this division this year, I know Carolina has, you know, re-signed Cam Newton, and that got a little bit of energy into their into their psyche, and 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 they're coming along, you know, under Matt Rule, their defenses. They got Christian McCaffrey's coming back, and all that, and they play them two out of the last three times in the season. Uh, 
So that's that. You know, we don't know how that's going to go, but they're a better football team. But if you can get a three-game separation uh, with just Atlanta and the two Carolina games, I think you can pretty much assure yourself you know, be in a great position to win that division, which they haven't won, by the way, in in five years. It's been you know five straight years that that the Saints have won this thing. Um, so you know this is. Uh, this is their time, and they, they need to make that statement. It's, it's sort of a statement game for them, I think. I, I think it really is. And, and, and look, I, I like the Bucks' chances on Sunday because they're starting to get their secondary back. Yeah. And, yeah. and we know the Colts don't throw the ball very well. They're in the middle of the pack kind of team as far as throwing right. the ball. But when you have your secondary back and you've got the number one rush defense again and you can kind of solely focus on Taylor or put more of the focus on because – you're getting guys in your secondary back. You know, D. Delaney's not starting. Yeah, right. Guys like that. That it allows you to focus more on Taylor where your defense can take control of the game. Also, the addition of Rob Gronkowski being back really gives Tom three weapons on the outside he trusts. It's huge, yeah. You know, as, as much as and Scotty Miller's been activated too, but, but there's three weapons he trusts. Evans, Godwin, and Gronk. Yeah, AB is the other outside weapon I think he trusts, but he hasn't been there for many weeks now, being hurt. Right. So having that third weapon on the outside for Tom Brady on the road is going to be huge, I believe. That he hasn't had in weeks to have you know three weapons out there. With the addition yeah. of the it, defense getting healthier, although like I said, Devin White, that that kind of hurts, stings, um, depending on his status. But I, 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 I really like. Brady having that extra weapon he trusts going into into Indianapolis with a team that likes to run the ball, but you're good at stopping the run. I, I think it's a good matchup for the Bucks. Scotty Miller could be active, um, you know, uh, and and that's you know without Antonio Brown, that's that's just another piece. Carson Wentz, I mean a an efficient year when you mm-hmm. think about it. And I didn't realize. I mean, he's got 18 touchdowns and three interceptions. I was going to say, as a team, um, I think they have four you know, picks all for him. season. Yeah, yeah. Two two of them came in the game against Tennessee, um, and that was that was probably his worst game. But you know, his his quarterback uh, rating is 97.2 for the season, which is pretty good. Not a lot of yards. He's only thrown for 2,484. But again, they're playing complimentary football. They're protecting Wentz. He's efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he's got a great receiver in a name that everybody here is familiar with. Michael Pittman Jr. is just a a force. I mean, he's a big physical guy that can run. He's going to challenge guys like Jamal Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting, um, challenge that secondary. Wentz has a lot of confidence in him to make those combat-type catches. So they'll be tested um, with a good receiver group, T.Y. Hilton, of course. Um, so they, they've got – you know, they've got a nice team, and their offensive line has sort of been the strength of their team. This is a good fundamental football team. And, you know, I, I really think that, um, that that this will be – if they win this game, they'll have to play probably close to their best ball. I, I don't think you can – I don't think the Colts are just going to give it to you. I don't think they're going to put the ball on the ground uh, and fumble it. I don't think they're going to throw interceptions. I think you're going to have to take the ball away, make make really great plays – you're gonna to have to get pressure. You're gonna to have to get sacks and fumbles. I mean, you're 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 gonna to have to really earn this, and then and you're probably gonna to have to earn everything you get on offense too, um, with Darius Leonard and those guys. So, uh, looking forward to the matchup. It should be uh, it should be a good one. And, and and like I said, you got a chance to separate. You know, Tom Brady always says that 
you have to be playing your best ball by Thanksgiving. And, and then from then on, you know, the games get bigger because there's fewer of them. There's one more this year, but there's, you're getting to the point where you can almost see, you get to the holidays, you can almost see the end of the tunnel, but it's a short week. I mean, they're coming off a Monday night game. Uh, they took their day off, if you will, Tuesday, but the coaches had to grind with the game plans and all that. Then, you know, Wednesday, they didn't really practice. It was a walkthrough because physically they're still a day behind what they would be with the regular week. Um, they'll do, you know, they, they'll do some more on, a, on, on Thursdays, of course. Um, they did more on Friday. Uh, it's just a, it's another short practice, only an hour or so. And then they got to travel um, on Saturday. So, you know, not much preparation time. That's going to be, I think, to uh, the Colts' advantage as well. Um, but they did have the advantage of one, one thing is, on you know, a week ago Sunday when they were off, they had a chance to watch that Colts game live. And sometimes you learn – a few things, you know, they always watch the tape and the all 22 and all that anyway, but they got to get a feel for the game, the broadcast version. And sometimes you don't get that live, but they were able to do that. So we'll see. It's a big week, uh, definitely a big week for the bucks. And, um, they need this one. They, they need to start that momentum towards, towards the end of the year where you get rolling, win the division. And now you're playing for playoff seeds because there's too many good teams in the NFC this year. I mean, the Cardinals, have an advantage over them, the Packers especially. That's the one where I think you need to finish ahead of. You know, um, you don't want to go through Green Bay. And and we'll see what happens to the Rams who have head-to-head against the Bucks. They may or may not win that division the way the Cardinals are going right now. I wouldn't be bothered if it were a situation where you played one home game, uh, maybe against the Rams, maybe against New Orleans, who knows, and then you were to go to uh, Arizona for a championship Um you know, again, good team on the road, all of that, but um, not you don't you take the elements out of play. You take Green Bay, you take the cold and and, and the noise and and just the, the advantage, the huge advantage they have at Lambeau uh, versus a you know essentially a dome in Glendale. So I think um, I think they much rather go that route. They much rather host it. You know, they much rather have both games at home or get the number one seed and get a bye. So that's all on the table right now. They're still. They're in pretty good position overall, especially with the strength of their schedule the rest of the year. I think they have a good shot. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So let's talk a little bit of baseball. We haven't really discussed the uh, the wonder of Wander Franco's enormous contract proposal. I mean, you know, one half of a season, right? What do you play, 50 games? 70. 60 games? 70 games? Okay, 70 games. He was unbelievable. What I liked about him was that he got better, right? He kind of struggled a little bit early, and then when he figured it out, it didn't take long. He was tremendous. I mean, down the stretch, and he had, you know, on, what was the on-base record that he set? Uh, forty-three 44. or forty? Was it forty-three straight games getting on Some, base? Forty-three, yeah. And then, and then, and then, and this is the key to me. When he got to the postseason, he was the same guy. He was an impactful hitter. Uh, him and Randy Arozarena. I think you've got two pieces there. 
uh, that are always going to be clutch, that are, that are not going to ride the wave like a Brandon Lau, for example. Um, so smart by the Rays, I think, to to say, look, we've got a young superstar, right? We There's not many of these players that you would do this for. You did it for Evan Longoria, I guess. That, that was probably one that you recognize the talent as a rookie, the rookie of the year. Um, You've done it for like Matt Moore. You've done it Brendan yeah. Lau. Um, there's been others. Right. Yeah, there's been some others. But, but, but not, it takes two not to the tango. Mega. The player has to want to do it too. Yeah, but not the mega contract, right? I mean, like, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is pretty large even for a guy. I mean, when you consider what and he'd be rolling the dice, and I've always said, I'll take the money now, thank you, because I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, right? Uh, it's guaranteed. So if you sign it, you're getting paid. If it's two hundred million, I know I'm good for two hundred million regardless of what happens to my body or anything else. Um, so to me, that's I'm I'm risk-averse that way. <laughs> somebody wants to say, listen, it wouldn't take me $200 million, but somebody wants to hand me $200 million, I'm like, whoa, yo, good, I'm good. Um, or you could play out your rookie contract and hope that you don't have a catastrophic injury or something bad happens to you, uh, in which case uh, you will rue the day. But if you made it to free agency under those circumstances, now you know the $200 million might become $300 million. But I don't, I don't know, I don't know what his mentality is. I don't, I don't know what what kind of a factor that would be. Are you surprised that the Rays are reportedly again? This is like some of these offers have been reported in like El Caribe and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We've heard like what ten years, two hundred million, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think it's ten years, and then there's some options at the end. Um, again, as we're taping this, and in, in, in full disclosure, we're doing this Wednesday evening. Uh, before Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. so uh, right. it's possible by the time you hear this, maybe a deal's done or who knows what. But I mean, you're talking twenty some million a year essentially over the course of the contract. He's giving up, was it five free agent years, which is huge. Yeah, um, you know, you get your your three years and and your arbitration years, which he'd still make a lot of money by that point, assuming he's healthy. Um, but he's giving up a lot of that time, but. As you and I were discussing beforehand, he's still 31 when this contract ends. Yeah. I mean, right. he's still got a chance for another big contract at that point. Another huge one, yeah. He so. lived up to his billing. Evan Longoria uh, had an offer uh, when he was, and this is 2008, so the money was even less then, but they offered $44 million over nine years before he played his first big league game. Mm-hmm. And he decided to sign after he got, this is according to Mark Tompkin in the Tampa Bay Times, he got advice from Mary Kinsky who said, and has since shared this with everybody else, never pass up your first fortune. <laughs> that's a good, that's actually a good thing to live by. It is. Think about it. It, Don't it, pass up you your know, first fortune. And Wander's in a, a great position because he's 20. Is that, you know, like you said, you can sign a 10-year deal and still have another contract on the back end. Yeah. And, you know, he's, you know, he'll, he'll be, you know, assuming he's, you know, doesn't blow his money he'll be set for life on this contract right you know even if he wants to you know buy some more cars and and ice the steering wheel out with diamonds which is pretty sweet actually um you know he'll be he'll be set and fine you know it's you know the question is is how much do you want to bet on yourself and some things you can't control injuries for the security of you know signing a contract now and and for the Rays to go all in on him is a smart move from them wise too. I mean, he's by far the best prospect they've ever had. One of yeah. the best ever in baseball. 
in this generation. That's what they sure. say. That's what they say. You yeah. know, this is the guy that you try to go all in on. And, and, you know, the hope is both sides agree that, yes, it's worth going in on. The Rays seem to be making an offer that shows that. And, you know, will Wander accept it? I got another guy, too, in Randy Rosarena. He's mm-hmm. at least a year from arbitration. He's five years from free agency under this system, which might change. Mm-hmm. He switched to Scott Boris. That that's means always, you're probably not that's signing him sort to of a long-term a deal. Yeah, I mean Scott Boris is not one to give up yeah. arbitration and and uh, free agent years. Nope. Yeah, that that would indicate to me that they would probably have less chance, which might which might make them even more dialed into to uh, lock up Wander if they think that. You know, if mm-hmm. they think, well, we'd love to have them both and lock them both up, and they still will try. But um, you know, if you if you feel like the other guy's going the other way, um, you know, then. Why not? Why not lock up Wander Franco? I wonder if, you know, baseball's finances will we don't get to see clearly until there's a lawsuit, um, and we know that the Rays with their attendance and you know they're always uh, the small market team can't compete with the big payroll. They don't have a big payroll typically, and we can see the the empty seats at Tropicana Field. I wonder if some of this is Stu Sternberg's absolute conviction that this team is going to have two markets uh, in be in Montreal and here or somewhere else or maybe just somewhere else and that the revenues are going to be much much better going forward and when I say forward it could be obviously a few years and maybe a few lawsuits from now but he's just confident that you know that he can begin by to compete for his own free agents because typically you know, when the, when the Rays would have somebody like this, they they really would have a tough time keeping them once once they were you know beyond arbitration and they got to free agency. So, I, I wonder if some of this is is betting on the future. You know what I mean? Well, I, I think it's betting on the future of knowing in twenty twenty eight you're going to be in a new stadium somewhere or stadiums. That's what I, meant. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, you the know, revenues will be your, bigger. Your lease at Tropicana Field, which isn't an advantageous lease for you. Is is ending at the end of twenty twenty seven. Whatever wherever you're playing at in twenty twenty eight, you're going to have mm-hmm. a better lease, a better deal, a better chance to make more revenue. Absolutely, that's, that's absolutely half, halfway mm-hmm. halfway through his deal, basically yep. five years from now. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So the second half of that, and depend, we haven't seen the structure of it. You don't know what the payouts are and when they might might be backloaded to some extent. I mean, this is all part of the things we'll have to discover when they finally get to uh, signing it or not signing it. But I don't blame him. I mean, the guy's, the guy's an unbelievable talent. And, and the thing, I, I still can't believe he's, what, 20 years old? Mm-hmm. Is that how old he was? Yep. 20? Yeah, he'll be 21 I'm, in March, I believe. A man-child, man. <laughs> guy, I have never seen a guy, I, I, I wouldn't say never, it's been a while since I've seen a guy, and forget his, I mean, age aside, who is so calm at the plate, who, and they always said this right about him, and I didn't get to see him play in the minors. They always said the best, what, bat-to-barrel guy that they have seen mm-hmm. in, in a long time. It's absolutely true. Like, he he does not, you know, there's very little movement, and he's very still in the box for the most part, and you never feel like he's overmatched with anybody. Like During that know, stretch of 43 games. He, 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 he decides. Yeah, during that stretch of 43 games where he got on base, and I don't have the exact numbers, I don't remember. But I do know he had more hits than swings and misses. That's crazy. 
as a 20-year-old. That's just crazy. You always knew, like, if if he needed, he would get up that last time and he needed an at-bat where he either got a hit or or a walk. And and during that streak, there were many games where it was like, oh, this is his last at-bat. He never panicked. He got a lot of those games where, you know, his last at-bat, he'd, he'd coax a walk. He'd get a base hit. He'd he'd do something to keep it alive, and it was clutch. And you could tell it meant something to him when he got to first base. Um, but the pressure he put on himself and would come through time after time, I just love him. I think he's going to be better in, on defense. I think it's it's a uh, – they're very fortunate to have him and a Rosarina to build on. Um, of course, they you know got some young pitchers they have to – take care of as well and add to the pitching staff whether that's through free agency or not but this team with Kevin Cash um, has got one hell of a core and there's still more guys down in Durham that they're going to bring up uh, I think I think the franchise just knows talent, builds its farm system, does a hell of a job developing players and hopefully they stay here. I don't want to see them leave obviously baseball is uh, something that is dear to me and, and you and, and we, we'd hate to uh, hate to see any franchise leave, but particularly this one. Um, and it would be such a loss for the area, as big as sports guys as we are. But let's not think about that. Let's think about Wander Franco in a raise uniform for the next 10 years. That would be really something. So anyway, uh, it's going to be a big weekend. Of course, uh, lots of sports on TV. I mean, you've got tons of college a football rivalry, rivalry week. weekend. Yeah, big time. Listen, I'm getting into – this is weird for me. I'm getting into Indianapolis like a – crack of dawn like i i got one of these flights you know it was not expensive which is probably why i took it regretting it already but the one good thing is i'm gonna watch so much college football on saturday it's gonna be unbelievable i'm gonna od on college football i'm gonna go to some place where there's about 12 screens and watch every rivalry game including i guess florida and florida state will be on somewhere right mm-hmm. um you've got the war on i4 well, with that's I- friday USF. that's friday that's friday night yep. okay that's tonight okay friday so, afternoon three thirty. Three thirty in the afternoon so you got more football to od on now that we're at the past thanksgiving then then you've got uh yeah saturday uh alabama auburn i think plays um michigan of course the big one the big one the one that i really want to see is michigan ohio state with all due respect to your uh, Wolverines, I don't think they're going to win this game, but I do think I, it, it is interesting to me that they may have a chance. Like they, the, it's it's at it's at Michigan, which mm-hmm. certainly helps, mm-hmm. right? And no matter what you say, and, and look, the last time the Badgers played, I think C.J. Stroud, no relation, threw for I don't know five touchdowns or something like that in the first half. I mean, it was crazy. He just pounded it was Michigan six State against Michigan State. Six, yeah. Michigan State, who. By all up to that point, you know, uh, Mel Tucker should have signed that nine-year, $90 million contract or whatever they offered him before that game because they got pummeled. And they got pummeled because Ohio State's speed at receiver, they spread them out. They didn't try to grind the ball. They threw the football. I think I think Ohio State's going to put the ball in the air a lot, a whole lot against Michigan because Michigan's a grinded-out team. And I think Harbaugh is going to play keep away. I think he's going to do what they do, which is run the football – uh, play field position, and uh, you know, and and, and I, I, they definitely don't want to get in a track meet with those guys, and they don't have they don't have the same type of skill players, but they do have a good football team, and they're nine and one. I mean, it's been a good year for Harbaugh, you know, um, in Michigan, and they they this is the best chance since what were we saying two thousand sixteen is that sixteen that went to overtime in Columbus, uh, Braxton yeah. Miller, 
Right. Got right. a uh, friendly spot on fourth down. Yes. I, God, I remember that like it was yesterday. That was a terrible spot, and mm-hmm. I didn't have any. I didn't have a a dog in the, in in the hunt, so to speak. But um, that was a that was a bad turn of events for uh, for Michigan. But at some point, Harbaugh's got to beat Ohio State, right? Like you, like you can't lose to them every single year. I mean, you know. That would be one hell of a legacy, you know. They're they're going to have to beat them to get where they want to be, which is a national championship contender. Um, and if you win this game, that's exactly who you are, right? You're you're going to play either Wisconsin or I don't know who who else is alive in that other side. I think of Iowa, the, of the Wisconsin or Iowa. Is it Wisconsin or Iowa? You're gonna you're gonna beat either one of those teams, I promise you. Um, and so you know, uh, uh, one loss. A one-loss Michigan team to a, to a highly ranked opponent at the time, Michigan State, is going to be in the in the championship. They just are if they win the Big Ten. So this is a and on the other hand, Ohio State we know will be. You know um, they're gonna they're gonna blow out anybody they play in the in the Big Ten championship, and they're gonna go themselves. So this is really a semi. If you think about it that way, Steve, it's mm-hmm. kind of a play-in game. It's a semifinal, if you will. It's like a champ, like like you would have an NFC or AFC championship. The winner mm-hmm. goes. Uh, to the Final Four. Yep. Yeah, barring a so, collapse in in Indianapolis the next weekend. Right. Exactly. You know, unless right. unless you didn't finish the job, which I I can't I cannot fathom that against either of those teams, but we'll see. So, anyway, hope you guys uh, enjoyed the week, enjoyed the podcast. Um, was there? Do we have a? Uh, do we have a mailback question? Or we kind of answered it. Already? We did. Have, Ellis had asked, "What's the biggest uh, obstacle not named Jonathan Taylor for the Colts?" You mentioned Michael Pittman Jr. So. I think it's yeah, and that would be my answer. I think it's Michael Pittman because he's a dynamic receiver. Like I said, T.Y. Hilton, Carson Wentz, those guys all go together. But Pittman, Pittman is really a special player. And of course, knew his dad. I can't believe those kids. He's got another kid that's that's going to be in the NFL soon. Man, uh, all I remember is Mike and his biceps, nineteen and a half inch biceps. Unbelievable workout, get workout guy, and now he's got a couple sons that are doing so well. So good for him uh, and the Pittman family. Happy for them, but it'll be a good one. So make sure you check us out on Monday. We'll have all the, uh, of course, the highlights and talk about the Bucks and the Colts uh, for the Monday podcast. So for Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud, the Tampa Bay Times. Hope you continue to have a great holiday weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. 